hi, I'm Ming. Oh hi, I'm Sarah. And we are Dead Madeiras. <laughs> it's gonna be a weird we, one today, I guess. We maxed out the. Yep, that's maxed. It's fine. It's fine. It'll sound great. That's the recording. The recording hit max volume, so I'm certain that won't pop or cause me issues later. It'll be fine. Sure. We'll go with that. Are we ready? We're not ready. We didn't even talk about anything yet. No. We haven't talked about literally anything. So I'm into it. Like, we're on Jazz Man. I'm sorry. I'm so distracted. I was singing right before this, and I just... <laughs> dumb tunes in my head <laughs> it's a weird day are you still singing the axe to the head song always oh always. man oh man but, but yeah so we just we just went back to the warmth of our native tartarus <laughs> <laughs> right we're about to jazz it out aren't we? yeah we're gonna jazz it out okay now just to note quickly we have no proof that that letter came from the actual man or men or people, uh, probably men because they were always reported as men. Right. Um, who committed the crimes? There's no. I read the full letter in the right. last episode, yeah. episode ten. Uh, <laughs> there's there's no like proof whatsoever, but you know history says it was him, so I guess it was we him. we think it was. I mean, I. I've also seen a bunch of the Axeman stuff before. Um, specifically, BuzzFeed Unsolved covered the Axeman. Specifically? Specific. <laughs> specific? So, specific. Statistics. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they covered him, and a couple of places have covered him. And, yeah, as you said, no one, no one is quite sure. It could have been. Yeah. There could have just been a dude who wanted to write a really insane letter about his native Tartarus. Well, it's the same as we were saying with uh, Jack the Ripper. Right. There are a few letters that they credit to him, uh, but the police received over 200 letters in those <laughs> cases that were just people supposedly writing as Jack the Ripper. That's ridiculous. It'd just be crazy. Why would that you? Stuff. Why would you ever want to do that? It's I just think like, it's for the notoriety. I guess I wake up in the morning and be like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna pretend I'm Jack the Ripper for I the mean, day. There's also like there's a lot of weird like draw to serial killers. Like people who want to like marry them and collect their art and like I can get it from the point of like this is fascinating behavior and right. we wonder why. But marrying someone who has killed like twenty people, maybe not. No, maybe not that doesn't so seem like a good smart life decision. I don't know. It's it's. I'm not being judgy. You do you. I whatever. That's true. That's true. But no, I can be judgy about that. Yeah. Don't fucking marry a serial killer. That's <laughs> dumb. That is dumb. You're dumb if you know that there are serial killers. Serial killer. Specific. Pacific. Oh, it's rough today. Rough. <laughs> this is a weird one today. This is... Come on, let's, let's just I, go. I haven't had caffeine again. <laughs> I don't have any caffeine today. I have iced tea. Oh, boy. It yeah. has caffeine, you big noodle No, butt. this 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 iced tea does not have caffeine. It's actually. caffeine fret. It's caffeine fret. Caffeine <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is happening? I don't know. It's, it's going to be fun. 
let's be real. People like what we talk about, but they also like where we're just laughing and being dumb dumb. And being, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the, this is a supernatural comedy. Comedy. Pod. It's a weird mix. And we got really like. Of pathos. Serious for a little bit. Like with the psychological yeah. stuff. Well, this, I mean, that's not funny. Though. No, it's but not funny. But people actually suffer from that. But yeah, still to I this mean, day. Serial killers are not funny either, except when they talk about their native Tartarus. And jazzing it out. Yeah. We gotta we gotta have some levity in this madness. <laughs> Jazz it out. If you can't laugh about this, then well life's too scary. Life is way too scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's like that dark humor, as you say, that you, you I love always dark start humor. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you start laughing only because you're nervous. Oh yeah, it's a, well, dark humor is a mix because I just have a messed up sense of humor <laughs> but yeah i also just discomfort it's my go-to i gotta laugh i gotta laugh when i'm uncomfortable oh yeah absolutely but anyway let's let's do something for the episode <laughs> yeah we should probably do that okay at this point yeah we've we've reached the point are you ready i'm ready to jazz it out yeah let's jazz it out all right so the title of this section is called swinging jazzy tuesday how long did it take you to write that? Oh, it was immediate. <laughs> <laughs> I do like little like, okay, this is what I want to cover. This is what's important. Blah, blah, blah. Swing and Jazzy Tuesday was like one of the first you things I You put an exclamation point I after did. it. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Episode 11, The Axeman of New Orleans, Swing and Jazzy Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, supposedly we do have, um, some records. Oh my God. Chubbs is right behind your head, just lurking and giving me the weirdest look ever. Like, mom, what are you doing, mom? Yeah. There's like a dark look in her eye right now. It's just like, judgment. why are you laughing? I don't have enough food. Yeah. She saw the bottom of the bowl yesterday and it Ooh, was, it was bad news. Shocking. She was upset. Anyway, swinging Jesse Tuesday. So. We do have some records of this. Supposedly, all of the dance halls, bar rooms, like every place that could possibly possibly have a musician and or band had one. They all hired jazz bands. It was like the hottest thing ever. Uh, people, if they couldn't get into a place, because these places were supposedly just jam-packed, um, they listened at their homes uh, on gramophones, or they played their own instruments. They were just going all night. Everybody was was doing the doing the jazz. Doing the jazz. I have two quotes from the time. Um, it says that night, all of New Orleans dance halls were filled to capacity, and professional and amateur bands played jazz at parties at hundreds of houses around town. They called them jazz at parties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which to me sounds like cheese it. So, so you like, have like some sweet like happening jazz in the fucking background and you're eating Cheez-Its. I don't know. My mind is weird. My mind went to somewhere completely different. No! <laughs> <laughs> you, man. Uh, inappropriate. Inappropriate. Um, and, uh, quote, the music flowed from homes across much of the cities. Dance halls were filled to capacity and professional and <laughs> amateur bands played jazz at parties at hundreds of houses around town. Both of these quotes end, and no one was killed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the clarification. Sure. Good to know. Good to know. That no, no murders happened on that specific night. I love it. Specific. Pacific. Oh, it's rough. It's specific. Rough. Specific. Yeah. But no murders, so it worked. 
Yeah. Everybody, you know, did the thing. Or, you know, this was all just a ruse and the, the axe man was doing other stuff that night. He was like, I'm taking the night off, man. Yeah, and he, he just he's just in a jazz hall. Like, he didn't even know all this was happening because of him. He was just like, ah, having some... This this place is bopping. Having <laughs> some swinging jazz. <laughs> that or he's like in a bar somewhere being like, yeah, man, I'm just going to be throwing some darts tonight. Yeah, you know, even eating some peanuts. Have to take the night off. That's true. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. Oh, man. That was dark. <laughs> so uh, we move on to the final attacks. Uh, number 10 was a gentleman named Steve Boca. On August 10th, 1919, he's attacked in his bed. He wakes up, sees a dark figure, and boom! Hit in the head with the axe. Why do they always use the blunt end? I think it's to knock them unconscious. But, like, this guy's really bad because he hits them, and then, like, he doesn't do a good enough job to kill them half the time. Right. You have a blade. I don't know. I don't know, man. Oh. Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. This is just a weird, like, this is a weird set of circumstances because these axe murders at the time were all over the place. Yeah, there were way too many axe murders. Axe murderers in the early 1900s. That is too much. The axe murders were too damn high. Too damn high, yeah. <laughs> so this, this dude regains consciousness after being bashed in the head with an axe. And he runs outside to try to find the intruder, right? Because I don't, I don't think he even realized at that point when it happened. He runs outside. Um, it's only then that he realizes his fucking head is split open. What? Yeah. So he gets to his neighbor's house. His neighbor is uh, Frank Janusa. Knocks on the door and passes the fuck out on the guy's oh, porch. Man. So Frank opens the door and he's like, Steve, sweet Jesus. <laughs> jeez, jeez. Yeah. What a badass. Um, did he survive? He did. Oh. He can't remember details of the attack because his head was, was bashed in. in. But he did try to go run after the guy. So he survives and, you know, is okay. Um, the police go to his house. Nothing is stolen, as we've seen before. And the back panel, um, a panel on the back door is chiseled away. Chiseled away. Yep. So very, very typical. The axe is sitting out back. Wow. Yeah. So then we have uh, a missed attack. Supposedly, on September 2nd, a local druggist named William Carlson. Wait a minute. That's not a grocer. And no. Well, a couple of these were bakers, not grocers, but the vast majority of people attacked or attempted attacks were grocers. Still weird. Yeah. Someone who had their own store? Question mark? Your bread sucks. <laughs> Your bread sucks. So, William Carlson, he escaped the Axeman because he fired shots at him and an intruder who broke into his home. Oh, shit. Right? You know what beats an axe? A gun. Yeah. Um, the killer left a broken door and an axe behind. Chiseled. Or the intruder, I should say. He wasn't, we don't know that it was the killer. True. There's also a possibility of copycat crimes. Yeah, that's true. You know, we, we can't know for sure. We can't know. Especially given how poorly all of this was investigated. Another common theme. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So, number 11, Sarah Lawman. She was attacked on the night of September 3rd. 
1919. She lived alone and she was only 19 years old. Whoa. Um, So her neighbors don't see her for a little while and they just come to check on her because everybody's really scared. And she's a young lady. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, they're doing the neighborly thing. They find her in her bed with a bloody head and face. And this one is a little CW. She was missing teeth. Oh, she got hit in the face. yeah. Yeah. So police figure out that the attacker came in through an open window and attacked her with some blunt object. They find a bloody axe in the front yard of the apartment building where she was living. So the whole, you know, whole area. Yeah, gotcha. Um, She lives. Good news. But as is the case with several people, she got hit in the head and can't remember details. Right, right. Right. I mean, head And she might not even have known. I think she was sleeping when this happened. I don't think she woke up at all. I mean, he's doing a lot of the sleeping stuff, so. So, number 12, and... He, this victim is very important for reasons that we'll get into later. Gotcha. Mike Pepitone, he is the last victim of the Axeman. Oh, shit. He's a grocer. Yep. On the night of October 27th, 1919, this happens. So his wife, Esther, hears commotion, runs out of her bed, and finds that her husband is being attacked. Blood is everywhere in the room like i guess they had a, a mother mary picture and oh, it was like splashed with blood like oh, it was shit. everywhere in the room <clears throat> his head was struck 18 times oh my goodness yeah and this seems like real overkill because like a lot of the other times people are getting hit once or twice yeah yeah but, you know he's getting fucking wrecked wrecked yeah like, this is brutal. This is, like, on the level of Valeska brutal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's some discrepancy here, because it's from a while ago. In some cases that have been re- recorded, uh, Esther, the wife, said or reported that there were two figures in the bedroom that fled. Okay. But in others, she's re- recorded to have said that there's only one large axe-wielding man who ran away. So we don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, it, we, it just, we can't determine what she actually said. Oh, that sucks. <clears throat> she later tells uh, the New Orleans State newspaper, every time, content warning, every time he turned his head, blood came from his head and face. It simply poured over the bed. Ew. Yeah. Uh, he does not survive this. Right. It's bad. She and their six children cannot give any further details. Now, her husband is attacked in either the bedroom or their living room. Right. It's, it's unclear which. She's asleep in the bedroom. The kids are asleep in like one room over. He's attacked and hit 18 times. He's fighting the attacker or attackers. Right? So much so that there's just blood fucking everywhere. And nobody wakes up for And the six kids and her don't supposedly wake up. <laughs> um, I'm making a face right now. You yeah. can't see it, but As is typical, there. nothing is stolen. Um, also, this is, this is interesting to note. Some reports say that um, a bolt with a heavy nut on it, like a big one, like from a circus den, was used in the attack. And there was a circus um, about a block or two away from them at the time. 
So this could have been one of those, like, he grabbed just a, a weapon that was available kind of thing. Right. But an axe was definitely used as well. He was, like, fucking dual-wielding an axe, and I guess, like, this nut and bolt. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm swinging it around. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's we're making, terrible. We're making these motions and faces, and you can't see <clears throat> any of it I right know. now. I know. It's too bad. Yeah. So he is the last victim. We move on to the suspects. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Mike Pepitone is the last victim linked to the Jazzman X murderer. Uh, the Axeman seems to have started suddenly and stopped suddenly. So researchers and criminologists have a few different theories about who this could be. Um, some people feel like maybe the crimes were motivated by bigotry against Italians as the vast majority of the victims were Italian-Americans or Italian immigrants. You mentioned that earlier, that this was yes. a potential. Um, and again, this reflects on that Deep South racism. Uh, Italians in, you know, Southern bullshit racist terms at the time didn't fit neatly into this dichotomy of black and white. Um, newspapers at the time took that idea and ran with it. And they even tried to link some of the crimes to the mafia. Wow. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, this is why this is happening. We, we don't know. And there probably was... The man was never caught. A little bit of like Italian racism. Oh, there was a lot of Italian racism. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they're like running with it, you know, saying that like, look at what the Italians... Oh, yeah. yeah. And this was so sensationalized too, because you have like Harriet Lowell, who's a mistress, who's saying, oh, my my... My lover did this because he's a German spy, and then maybe it's tied to the mafia. And, you know, they were just, they wanted to sell newspapers. Of course. You know. Oh, my goodness. Media being a little weird. Yeah. Never saw that before. Sorry, I'm moving my leg. Um, so some even think that given the letter that the police and the newspaper received, the crimes, I don't go with this one, but... It's been posited that the crimes were done to promote jazz music. I do not agree with that one yeah. at all. <laughs> so, um, historian uh, Miriam Davis theorizes it could the letter and maybe the axe murderer <laughs> could have been the jazz composer John Joseph Davia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She says, quote, right after the publication of the Axeman letter, he published a sheet music tie-in called The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz or Don't Scare Me Papa. <laughs> this is the best fucking name for a jazz song. Don't scare me, Papa. I love it. I love it so Don't much. Don't scare me, Papa. <laughs> it's actually a pretty... I'm going to put it on our... Um, Facebook page? Oh, it's we, really like a swinging tune. It's really great. I that's listen to dark. It. Yeah. That is It's a really dark. good like, yeah, it's great. I'm going to put up the, um, oh, there's a, a current jazz band who people love and they did a remake of it. It's it's the same. It's just kind of done a little bit in their style because um, it's really great. I want to say it's like Squirrel Nuts something. Okay. What's the name of the band? I can't remember. Squirrel Nuts I'll, I say it later. I forget. That's going to be the name of my next indie band. Squirrel Nuts something. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, and he made a butt ton of money from this. Oh, yeah. 
He's it's it's in the newspapers everywhere. It's like being talked about. And he probably had this tune like written. It was just like, oh, I'm gonna put this on as the fucking name of it, title. and then everybody's gonna want to use it. But like, I, let me take a step back here and just be like. As a jazz composer, do you really like look at wow? I'll look at all these horrible murders that happening around me. Let's make this swinging beat, fellas, and maybe be implicated. I haven't done well. Nobody implicated him then, so he didn't care. I haven't done enough study of jazz to have any sense, but jazz definitely has to do. It's such an American amalgam of like. The reflections of racism at the time, and I don't know. I, I'm really not someone who can speak on it, but it doesn't. It does make sense that this would be something that just touches upon. It's not like pop music where we're just like happy and chill and whatever. Like it, it reflect. Like it's gothic in a sense. It, it reflects on the difficulties that people go through. Oh, de- definitely. And yeah. I, I played some of that jazz music myself, yeah. you know, being in a jazz band briefly. You big old nerd. Yeah, well, we had jazz band after school, and of course High I joined. High school doesn't count. I did it for two years. High school doesn't count. What do you mean high school doesn't count? It's still playing the music. I was in a jazz band in high school. Hey, we played a couple, couple places. <laughs> we jazzed it out. All right. Baby. <laughs> I love you. I wasn't very good on the drum set, by the way. <laughs> I love you so much. I had a real, real problem with the bass drum. It's all right. We, we, we work it out. Um, so she wrote a book called The Axeman of New Orleans, The True Story. And a vice interviewed about her about this, actually. Vice? Vice did, yeah. Modern vice? Yeah. Okay. So she says, quote, I think the Axeman crimes are probably best understood as a native born. See, oh yeah, this doesn't really make sense what she said, but this is this is the quote she said. Quote, I think the Axeman crimes are probably best understood as a native born white laborer. Eyewitnesses confirm this who had some grudge against the Italians who were leaving day labor behind to become small businessmen. Uh, possibly out of social envy or anxiety. Or he could have been a burglar who was sent to jail by an Italian grocer. But we know he was white, and we know he attacked Italian grocers. Um, That's not really true, though. Right. <laughs> like, she wrote this, but... Eyewitness accounts vary, as I have already talked about. Right. Um, Some of them say that the killer was a dark-skinned man in a suit. Um... And they range to a white working man in his 30s. So I don't, I personally don't feel like we can just take some pieces of the eyewitness testimonies and not others. Some pizzas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pieces. I'm really stuttering today. You know, that feels cheatsy. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, from a psychological perspective, eyewitness testimony, while it has strong emotional implications in court, has terrible actual implications. True. It is notoriously unreliable. Right. Because people's memories are perceptual to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, just as we you see the things and we remember the things may, maybe impact us the most, someone will not someone else will not see it that way. So yeah, even still though, with it being that unreliable, 
I would not take a piece of eyewitness testimony and then have it stand alone on its own. Yeah. And just say, oh, well, it was clearly a white man because testimony said, I'm like, but the the testimonies literally range. And I'm not saying it was a black man or an Italian man. I have no idea. I mean, I'm just saying don't discount some evidence to fit to your personal theory. That feels cheesy to me. Oh, I feel super cheesy. Yeah. That's not a, I, to me. That's not a good investigation, yeah. and that's not a good use of science yeah. in general. And also, like taking that into account, if you have like they're saying it's a white guy, they're saying it's a black guy, they're saying it's a dark skinned guy. It could have been a dark skinned guy, and due to lighting differences, people perceived him differently. You yeah, know? exactly. Like the moon can pale you, so or, <laughs> pa- pales or, me. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of things that could have happened. We we just we can't know. I pull up my but shirt. But I didn't. I I felt like that was cheesy. I pull up my shirt and it's like the beacons of Gondor were just lit. <laughs> Why are you naked in the backyard, no? <laughs> signaling, signaling for aid. <laughs> Gondor calls for aid, <laughs> and we will answer them. <laughs> Thanks, Rohan. Um, on on that note, because we're being big old dorks, let's take. A musical interlude. Dun 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 dun. Mr. Jazzman. Oh no. Okay. We'll be right back. Oh, hi. I hope everyone loved my jazzy interlude. It was great. That I sung. It would be funny. <laughs> I really like the musical interlude we had, but it would I, be funny if we put it like a little bit of that jazz man, axe man That's song. true. That's true. I'm not sure if it's still under copyright, though. Oh, it is. That's true. Oh. Yeah, so it'll be our regular. Yeah, we well, have to be the regular. Sorry, guys. We can't play you jazzy music. And our music is done by Ross Bergen. Bergen. Virgin? I'm sorry, Ross. I'm we don't sorry. know how to pronounce your last name, but we love your music. We adore it. In fact, all of our we got a lot of um, feedback saying that people also really vary. like our. Yeah, it is not ours. No, it is Ross's, and we always post his information on all of our social media sites. So if you want to check out his stuff, uh, he makes a lot of incredible music, and it's copyright free. So you should check him out. Which is pretty awesome of yeah, composer to do. He's amazing. Yeah. All right, so uh, another theory uh, that came about from criminologists Damon and Colin Wilson, they think that perhaps the killer was a sadist or even specifically a sexual sadist. That's a lot for my list to say. This uh, makes sense. That preyed on women. What? Yes. They believed that the male victims were only attacked to get them out of the way. Uh, I there's a lot of only male victims who are attacked, so I don't know that I go in with that. But it's a theory. I, I can see where they're going with it, specifically yeah. with like the woman who was living alone. We also there's not reports of, thank God, any kind of content warning, sexual trauma or rape or anything like that. Which is great with any of the victims. Yes, thank goodness. Yeah. So. Not that that has to happen for someone to be a sexual sadist, obviously, but I I don't I just that doesn't hold a lot of water that particular theory for me anyway. I mean, sadism is just causing pain in some sort. Yeah. yeah. So could be that he was it could 
definitely, you know, getting that sort of style out of it. But um, I, I, again, even but even his most mutilated victims aren't men. I mean, aren't women? Excuse me. They're men. Yeah, they're well, men. You don't have to. Again, it's just pain. Well, that's true. I yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my main point there. It doesn't. <clears throat> gender doesn't matter. It was also very uh, um, heteronormative of me. How hetero yeah, of you? Assuming <laughs> that the dude wanted to get off on ladies' pain. How dare I? How dare I? There was a really random gif I saw earlier that just I'm reminded of, which was. Haha, <laughs> you can't catch me, gay thoughts. <laughs> There's this guy running from, I don't know, a picture of him smiling and being like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, thoughts as in ideas, not T-H-O-T-S. I think only half of our audience will know what that is. <laughs> That's fine. Urban Dictionary, friends. I look it up regularly. Don't, don't no, no. It's, it's important. It's important. <laughs> uh, Dead My Dearest does not condone searching through uh, Urban Dictionary for too long. <laughs> Your eyes will go blind. I don't know. I think I disagree. Then again, I don't want to look at... Half of Dead My Dearest doesn't condone him. <laughs> 50%. I don't want to look at my search history right now. That's fair. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to look at their search history. No. Gosh. The, the NSA is... Is it the NSA? NSA, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, um, CIA. I, I'm not sure how much the NSA. Oh well, yeah, does. one of the one of the three letter anachronisms, whatever. Probably an essay. Um, I'm sorry for whatever you see in my search history. I am a larper and a writer and a DM. Trust me when I say I look up really weird shit. <laughs> Ironically enough, one of our friends works for the NSA. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's only it's only him. It's fine. Yeah. He, he's probably like. Let's see what kind of shit they're like. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> flagged, flagged, flagged. <laughs> um, so Colin Wilson, who is a criminologist I just spoke of, he put forth the rather famous theory that a lot of people know of now. He believed that the axe, uh, the jazz axe man was Joseph Momfrey. So Joseph uh, was supposedly a man who was shot to death in Los Angeles in December of 1921 by Mike Pepitone's widow, Esther. Whoa, how did that go down? So this is how this works out. Wilson speculated that Mrs. Pepitone killed her husband's murderer for revenge. Supposedly, Esther moves to California and she remarries a man that she knew from New Orleans named Angelo Albano. So she becomes Esther Albano. Okay. Right before their marriage, Angelo ends some kind of business deal or venture with his former colleague, Doc, that's the nickname, uh, Mumfrey, who is Joseph Doc Mumfrey. Okay. And this guy supposedly was like a mafia guy and he had a bunch of nicknames. And his last name changes all over the place. But anyway, so Angelo and Esther get married and then uh, Angelo disappears. Oh, like not long after. This is spicy. Yeah. No one knows where he is or what happened to him. Supposedly, Mumphrey approaches Esther and demands $500 and jewelry from her. He allegedly says, oh, it's page turning. I'll kill you the same way I killed your husband. 
Oh. Right, because he's like a mob guy, I guess. Yeah. And Esther's like, yeah, no, fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) She go like, he's at the door saying this. So she calmly walks upstairs, gets two guns, and fucking shoots Mumfrey a shit ton of time. (laughs) She dual wheels this. (laughs) This guy's like, go get me $500, which would be an absurd amount of money in today's economy. Oh, absolutely. I'll figure that out later. But it's going to be a lot. I want to say it's probably around $20,000, just quick guessing. That money in today's economy, yeah, that won't ten, fly. Yeah, $10,000 to $20,000, I bet, plus her jewelry. And so she just walks upstairs to go get it, comes downstairs with double guns, and fucking blows him away on the porch. Then she just turns herself into the police. She, she murdered him. Yeah, she murdered a guy, trying to extort her, to be fair. Yeah, but- and... um. She says she believes that this man, she tells him what happened straight up. Yeah. She's like, you know, he's, he's alluding to the fact that he killed my husband. They had dealings before. I think he's also the person who is the Axeman murderer back in 1918, 1919 in New Orleans. Um, so on and so forth. The police release her calling her actions self-defense. This whole positive theory which most people know if you know this case is now generally considered urban legend but it's important to know about here's why another researcher named michael newton fucking did his work he looked up newspapers criminal records all kinds of shit from new orleans los angeles louisiana and california like he was digging He couldn't find any records of a man named Joseph Momfrey being killed or injured. Can't find him. Now, Momfrey was a very common name, and there's different spellings of it. Sometimes it's spelled like M-O-M-F-R-E. Sometimes there's a U. Sometimes it's Manfrey. It's a very common name back then. But he can't find anything. There's very little evidence to support um, the idea that Esther attacked or killed anyone there's like no records no criminal records no police records nothing um and then there are two earlier victims of joseph doc mumfrey they're an italian couple named um shiambra and they were shot they were part of the 1911-1912 homicides okay now remember that that police detective, yeah. Angelo, was talking about that. And he was linking these murders. Right. Two of these, these two folks, this couple, um, are some of the possible early murder victims of the Axeman. But they're shot in their home by an assailant. They're not killed with an axe. Different. Different yeah. MO. Probably Different still MO. getting, you know, refining the style as right. a lot of serial killers do. In the newspaper, this this gets real twisty and there's a lot covered here, but in the newspaper article about that murder, you know, some six or seven years earlier than the Axeman murderers, the prime suspect was a man named Momfrey. People don't know if this is the Axeman. His modus operandi is very different. We don't have any kind of actual fingerprint evidence or, you know, blood print at print print. <laughs> blood evidence, anything like that to link him to these other murders. Which they totally had fingerprints, as we know, but didn't do it. It's, uh, it's annoying. 
So that could have been a way the name just kind of got linked up with all of this and it morphed into urban legend. All of that said, there is a picture of a gravestone for a man named Joseph Manfrey in Los Angeles, California, in the Cavalry Cemetery. Oh. Yes. So um, it do, it, there is a picture of him on this gravestone, and it does look similar to the photos of the supposed Leon Joseph Doc Manfrey. It gets all twisty. This, this <laughs> is why I'm like, go with me on this journey. There's a lot of twists and turns. I have no idea what is true and what is it. That's a lot of threads here. Now, I found this picture online. I cannot, conf- I have not seen it with my own eyes. This is not a website that I could be like, yes, this is 100% reliable. Someone just could have added this and been like, you know, they just liked this murder story and added stuff. But allegedly, with this picture, there is death certificate info tied to it that reads, quote, son of Pete Manfrey from Italy and mother's name not listed. Occupation was a druggist. Prior to his death, was in the U.S. for 24 years, with the last three in California. Cause of death was due to gunshot wounds to the head, chest, and abdomen, listed as homicide. Informant is Lena Manfrey, the wife of Doc. Okay. I, again, cannot verify any of this. Hello, Chubbs. You learned listening to axe murders? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, mom. It's probably if she can see the bottom of the bowl. That's why she's in here. That's true. Um, again, this, this site that I found this was not a a site that I can confirm hundred percent is reliable. I just thought it was an interesting tidbit and I will be trying to put up the picture of the gravestone that I found. So take all of this with a grain of salt. Done. Um, supposedly some people say that there are actually records of a man named Munfrey who, and again, another spelling who was jailed. Uh, between August 1918 and March 1919. This could account for why there are no attacks at that time. Um, There are other alleged reports for a Mumphrey jailed from 1911 to 1918. So if the 1911 killings that D'Angelo referenced, the police detective, were actually done by him, it could explain why there's a gap in time. That's cool. But this, again, was a very common last name in Louisiana, so we don't have any kind of proof. Okay. All right, we're going on this Mumphrey train still. Wow, this is a long long train. There was a a man named Joseph Mumphrey uh, with a variety of uh, spellings for his last names, again, because it was a common last name, and it was anglicized. Um, who was reported to be connected to organized crime and might even have committed a bombing in 1907. <laughs> what? But the records for that time are not extensive enough to truly verify this. Also, just, you know, the simple fact that Joseph Momfrey and all of its spellings is not uncommon, as I keep reiterating. There could have been several men named that, even if all these things are true, and just one 
or all of them got in trouble with the law. We, we don't know. It's like the John Smith of our time. <laughs> we just don't know. Author J. Robert Nash, because a lot of people, because of this, you know, quote unquote, urban legend of Esther Peptone, now uh, Albano, shooting Joseph Mumfrey. Dual wielding. This is what people like kind of latch onto and try to pull off of. That's why there's so much attention to the name Joseph and Joseph Mumfrey and Manfrey and Malmfrey. Gotcha. So, author J. Robert Nash believes that Mumfrey was an hitman who worked for the mob, who extorted money from Italian grocers. However, not all of the victims were Italians or grocers. So, you know, who knows? It's I, I, I see where that train's going. It seems a bit more stable than... Yeah. But it's also based in a urban legend, so... Yeah. That's I, a little... Some people, and there is hot debate, some people, if you say, well, you know, the whole Esther Papatone killing... Joseph Monfrey thing was an urban legend. They will fight you tooth and nail on it. Like they believe to this day that is the way. And I've heard other podcasts talk about this too. And that's what they leaned on. I'm just saying from all the research done now, um, especially the work by Michael Newton, it, it doesn't seem like that was actually the case. This is the way. Yeah. This is not the way. This is not the way. So um, Richard Warner is a writer and he supports the uh, mafia theory. He thinks that there was a mafia enforcer named Frank Doc Mumfrey. He supposedly also had the alias Leon Joseph Monfrey or Manfrey. I was doing research on this and this out of all of the theories to me felt the most forced. Um, like he's trying to link all these mafia tie-ins to like New York and California, and it was like this guy did this, and he worked for X Men, and then X Men was the side guy of this boss. Like it was really forced. If you're interested in that theory, go go check him out. I just I didn't give any quotes because it was very convoluted, right? Um, and I personally was like, this doesn't seem like the case to me. Um, <laughs> this oh, is gonna no. be your favorite one. Oh no. Because I'm covering all the theories. There was one at the time that all of these acts were committed by an unidentified vampire. Yeah. Yay! My people are implicated <laughs> in murder. Oh. Um, also, and this is my own personal thing that I think could have happened. I don't know. This is just what I go with. Don't listen to me. Um, maybe the Axeman succumbed to the Spanish flu. Oh, that's definitely possible. You know, it hit New Orleans in 1918, and there was another very severe wave of it in 1919. There was a huge death count from this flu in Louisiana. Just New Orleans alone lost 4,000 people in the 1919 wave. That's a fuck ton of people. Oh, oh yeah. At that time. It was one of the worst losses in American cities, of course, at the time. And, <laughs> you know, they just end. They just stop. No one knows what happens to the guy. Right. So to me, I'd be like, well, maybe he caught the flu and he fucking died. Could have. Is you know. That sounds probable considering the time yeah. and the no. suddenness. I can't know. Um, and I just wanted to kind of go over a little bit of media that you can find more information about the Axeman or hear him referenced. Um, outside of the people who posit theories that I named, 
a lot of them have books or do research on the internet, so on and so forth. Um, but, so Axeman is mentioned in a number of short stories. Uh, the 1945 folklore anthology, which I want to fucking read, is called Gumbo Yaya, a collection what? of Louisiana folk tales. I want to read it because who the fuck is Gumbo Yaya? I need to know. That's true. That's awesome. I got to know. It's like I'm going to ba- find out. It's like the Baba Yaga of New Orleans. I, I'm wondering if it is something similar. Probably like a badass witch lady. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe I it's a food dish that eats people. I don't, ooh, Gumbo, In- yeah, maybe. Instead of food, them eating food, food eats you. Food eats you. Um, Hildred Rex's short stories, A Slinking Agent of the Devil at 3 a.m., mentioned there um he is mentioned in or serves as a focus in many novels including julie smith's the axeman's jazz uh christopher farnsworth novels red white and blue uh ray celestin's the axeman's jazz and alan g guthrow italian louisiana history heritage and tradition oh okay it's more more non-fiction there yeah uh, he's immortalized in many songs and albums. The Beast of uh, Bourbon album uh, named one of their their records, uh, The Axeman's Jazz. Death Jazz is a song by One Ton Project. East Rig Axeman, that's a uh, German death metal band. And these all have to, like, they mention or he is, like, the primary focus of. Uh, bon Bon Viant, the Jazz Axeman. And this is the one I'm going to post that I was talking about. It's Squirrel Nut Zippers. They're the current uh, jazzy folks who do a lot of remixes. Oh, and remakes. okay. Uh, the Axeman's Jazz Don't Scare Me Papa. That's the one I listen to and it's really great. Oh, not turn. Oh, a yelling cat? Are you saying hello to everybody? Oh, baby. Hi. You heard Axeman and you're like, I am the darkness. I am the darkness. Um... On TV, you can see it on Unsolved Mysteries, old school. Um, as we mentioned, the YouTube series Bud- BuzzFeed Unsolved did an episode, The Terrifying Axeman of New Orleans. Right. It's hilarious. Go watch it's, it. It's a great episode. And a lot of people, um, I personally haven't watched the show, but a lot of people know of the Axeman because of American Horror Story Coven, The Axeman Cometh. And that is... He's played by Danny Hudson, who and is a scary badass. He is. And absolutely, when we were preparing this episode, I think a lot of people who listen to our show literally said, yeah. oh shit, I heard about this on American Horror yes. Story. And they do take um, his story. I haven't seen the thing, but I heard it's like mimicked pretty well up until the end, where, spoiler alert, turn this off for the next 10 seconds. If you haven't seen Coven. If you haven't seen Coven and you want to, he's... Um, seduced into not seduced but like tricked into the ladies school and all the witches fucking murder him dope yeah it's supposed to be really good that's awesome also i just want to see like i saw pictures of him in it Whew, scary oh shit yeah yeah i'll probably post a picture or two uh finally podcasts of course uh my favorite murder this is why we drink there's been a number and also um a, a beloved podcast of mine uh, morbid. I would strongly, strongly suggest that you check out their episode that covers um, the Axeman of New Orleans. And just check them out in general. They are true crime um, and are two ladies from the South Shore of Boston, just like me, 
who uh, just do a cool ass podcast. Get it, girl. Yeah, they're very, very cool. So um, check them out. So here's what I learned today. We did solve the murder. And we the, did. And the answer is, it was Lestat all along. Oh, yeah, I guess. Probably. He's a dick. He's a dick. He'd do it. He would do it. He'd get bored of, like, just hunting people for blood and just want to rile some shit up. I'm just going to use a chisel for once, you know? Make it a little harder on myself. It's like hard mode vampirism. <laughs> and a can of tomatoes stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> New Game Plus in it right here. Yeah. yeah. Um... No, you know, I think there are a lot of good theories out there. Some th- are, are ridiculous. Some yeah. are, I'm sorry if that seemed very twisty. That was as clean as I could present it. Right. Um, there's just a lot, and people have really, truly delved into this. And, you know, delved into theories upon theories. And it's just, it's a, it's a twisty bit. I mean, I could totally see, for example, it being like a mafia enforcer that just had a little bit of bloodlust. And he was extorting yeah. ki- like these grocers because he knew them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that would put you in the right position. And that is a common theory, yeah. as a lot of people have tried to prove. It's just a lot of the people, everybody wants to posit like, ah, this is the man. Just like they want to say Jack the Ripper was X. Or, and given all of the information together, I don't think it's, it's being really honest or truthful to say, I know 100% it was X dude. Right. And this is why he did it. Right. We'll never know. We don't know. Present we, all the information. That's ab- the way I say it. Absolutely. And that's what we do here on this show. We try. Indeed. Well, in, you know, our two-hour clips of it. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, crimp note version of... The Axeman abridged. Yeah. <laughs> or the Axeman axed. Yeah. <laughs> I would love... Axe cut. Um, we want to go to New Orleans anyway, because we're not terribly far. Um, it's a place I've never been, and it's just full of history and oh, so much good shit. And we're witches. And we're witches, and so, we would love to go there. Yeah. So um, maybe someday we could do a podcast while we're there. We have all this podcast plans. I think so this we're is gonna. We're gonna. This is the Rona getting to us. We're like, we're gonna go nah, here. Nah, nah. We're gonna we'll go do here. It. I believe in us. Because I've been in this room for so long. It's fine. I can't get out. <laughs> I'm trapped in these white walls with my own emotions. It's literally white walls. Yeah. We have cats. We'll be fine. Indeed. Yeah. Well, this was a twisty and weird and fun episode. It thank was. you for putting it together. No and thank problem. you. At- Definitely check out yeah. um, Squirrel Nut Zipper's remake of Papa Don't Scare Me. I will be putting it up. I'll be putting up some pictures as I do. But where can they find us if they want to see our social media? I believe if you really like social media, especially because we're recording this on the day when all the social media heads are in front of Congress, which is hilarious, uh, you could go to Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook.com slash... (laughs) Oh no, they're not going to want to. Sorry, Facebook.com slash Dead My Dearest. You could also go to Jack Dorsey's Twitter.com slash Dead My Dearest. It's a weird episode. It is. It's a weird episode. You can also go to, oh, it's Mark Zuckerberg. It's Instagram. Zuckerberg again. All right. Fuck. Instagram.com slash Dead My Dearest. For our pictures and good stuff like that. Yeah. Um, You can hear us on a variety of places. Obviously, you found one that you enjoy. Spotify seems to be our main spot right now that people are finding us. Uh, Buzzsprout is our go-to where we load up and uh, just just love because they're a great spot, website, and service. Um, they don't pay us to say that. We just like them. 
Uh, where else? Podbean, Stitcher. And we can't forget the main ones, Apple. Yep. And of course, Google Podcasts. Yep. Yep. Definitely. So pretty much everywhere. I don't think we're on Pandora yet. I think we're still not on Pandora. But, you know. One day. Okay. <laughs> one day, That's maybe. That's one of the few, though. Yeah. Um, and if you wanted to reach out to us, tell us some of your own spooky stories. Tell us something that you want us to research. Uh, you Seriously. You could do that. Where could they do that at? I believe it is deadmydearest at gmail.com. I literally almost forgot right there. I know. I paused we for a minute. We always say deadmydarling because in the very beginning, we didn't know which we were going to call it. Um, so we still fuck that up sometimes because we're awesome. <laughs> and of course, if you want to be ultra lazy about it, you can always ask Alexa to play Dead My Dearest. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I got to do have our Alexas do that. All right. That's it. What, that's are we doing? what are we doing next? Do you want to give them a hint or is it going to be a surprise? I have a couple. I Oh, no. I do want to give them a hint. You, I know. You told them about it a little bit last I, episode. I did. We're going to talk about uh, the Ghost of Broad Mountain. Yeah. It's going to be a Sarah episode. From Pennsylvania. Yeah. And that's actually my home area. And this is a ghost legend from my home area. That's cool. And yeah. there is some interesting information that I have already uncovered that actually makes the story... Definitely more than a coal region ghost story. Ooh, that's so cool. So I don't know anything about this, so I'm just going to be like, hold on. I'll just say that it involves a woman. No, no, don't tell us anything. It's a a secret. There it is. (laughs) It involves a woman. That is all you get. (laughs) That's all all you get. That's all you get. So we'll we'll see you next time for the Ghost of Broad Mountain. Yeah, okay. All right. See spooky, my darlings. Bye-bye. Then, my dearest. Episode 11. That was too quiet. Episode 11. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Weep. Weep. Going in three, two, one. <laughs> oh no, it was a burp. <laughs> every time, every time we record, my body's like, hey, you know what will be fun? Let's burp it up.